I'm Alex Mito. And I'm James Milley. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What's going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, which means that you are certifiably awesome. If you don't know me by now, my name is Alex Mito. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair. We're the most widespread art fair for artists in the United States. And we're also one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and of course, marketing of your art. I'm also one of our two hosts here on the Artist Business Plan, along with my business partner, James Milley. We now reach over 7,000 monthly listeners in 100 plus countries around the globe, and we're growing every single week. Thanks to all of you. Today, we've got Erica Pang with us here on the mic. Erica is going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on how to heal through your art practice. I don't know about you, but I want to know how to heal through art practice myself. But first, I've got an amazing offer here just for you, ABP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we are back here with Erica Pang, and we're ready to change the way that you think about your art career. Erica Pang is a professional art therapist and artist. She holds a Bachelor of Fine Arts from Emily Carr University and a Master's Level Diploma from the Vancouver Art Therapy Institute. She wholeheartedly believes in the power of the creative process in art making. Her passion is to hold space for her clients to express their emotions through art and to share the gift of creativity to the world. She expresses herself best through acrylic paint on canvas using energy, color, and intuition as her inspiration. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Erica. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Uh, the pleasure is all ours. Before we dive into our questions, I want to ask you something that'll help our listeners get to know the real Erica. What is your earliest memory of art? Oh, that's such a good question. My earliest memory of art. So I grew up in a house full of art. My dad was a collector of Chinese art. And so there were Chinese paintings everywhere and like jade Buddha statues and, you know, all those things all over my house. And I remember we had this big glass cabinet full of all these um, Chinese kind of ornamental items. And I remember my first memory of art. I was laying on the couch one time and I was hanging my head off the couch. I'm not sure how old I was. Maybe I was like five or six or something. I hung my head off the couch and I looked up onto the wall and there was this painting of these two monkeys that were playing with these two like mango fruits or something. Um, it was a Chinese painting. And I remember I looked at this painting from the angle of me hanging upside down on my couch. And I was just fascinated because I saw all the colors and the shapes and the lines. And I was really seeing the painting from a different perspective. 
And that was when I knew that I just wanted to be an artist and I wanted to learn more about how how to do that. I love that story. And I think we can all relate to that, like hanging upside down when you're a kid and just looking at the things on the walls. Yeah. <laughs> seeing what it looks like. And we should probably do more of that as adults. But I, I love that, just kind of that beginning of creative thinking. It's also super cool that your dad was a collector. And I think that we, we talked to so many people on this program and you know, we always ask this question, at least now, maybe we'll change it in the future, but we ask it to everybody now. The story is always, it always relates to the parents and what your parents expose you to when you're a kid. And I think that's so cool to be around art from a young age. So those of you listening out there, artists, collectors, art professionals, whatever you are, share art with kids. It's an amazing, because look what it does and look what people end up doing with their life. So thank you so much, Erica. I appreciate you sharing that. Thanks for ma- helping me bring that memory back. <laughs> Very welcome. Yeah. Just tell us what an art therapist is in about a minute. Just t- give us a real quick rundown of an art therapist. Art therapy is kind of, it's a mix of traditional talk therapy, but um, we include art materials in the clients, in the sessions as well. So um, instead of talking about your problems and stuff, what we do is we offer the art supplies. So they use pencil crayons or felt markers or paints to express themselves through that. And then through the artwork and through the process, more can come up because a lot of the times when people are going through something, we don't have the words to express that. And so art can really help to open up that channel to release what we're holding onto. So basically similar to traditional talk therapy, but bringing art into the mix because we don't always have the words to express ourselves, which is honestly why people create art in many ways. Many yeah, so now that we know a little bit about what it is, so as an art therapist as an and an artist, how do you see art and healing interconnected and how can artists and all people really use art as a method of healing? I've always seen it as interconnected and I've actually started out drawing and painting as a way to heal. Like when I was a child, I was painfully shy. (laughs) I didn't talk very much. And so I always use art as a way to express myself. And, And I think any sort of kind of expression or emotional release is healing. And so whether you're singing or dancing or cooking or writing or making art, that is an emotional release, you know? And so of course, that is healing because we're we're letting go of all these negative emotions and we're not having it get trapped inside our body. We're letting it out through the creative process. And that's how art is healing. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You know what I mean? It's just whatever that you're releasing is healing, I think. So whatever art you're doing, you are healing by releasing whatever it is, stress, tension, and doing this through creative means. So whether that's cooking or, or painting exactly. or photography or whatever it is, certainly agree with that. And I think that applies, again, not only to like the fine arts, but to like all the other arts out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the trapped emotions that get stuck, right? As I said earlier, when we don't have the words to express that, how else can we release that? So yeah, exactly. Through any sort of art process. I love that. So you offer personalized healing art how do you create these pieces with your clients? What are the healing properties that these personalized paintings offer? A painting is more than just something pretty to look at. Going back to kind of the question earlier, you know, every artwork is an emotional release, right? And so every artist who creates something, there's there's emotion in that. And so when I'm working with my clients, I always ask them, why do you really want this piece of art? You know, what's what's the deeper meaning behind the why you want this piece of art? And so I've worked with people, you know, who just celebrated their two year anniversary, or maybe 
someone else who went through a divorce or maybe someone wants a painting because they want to bring more success and abundance into their business and they want to hang it up in their office. And so when I'm working with my clients, I'm really trying to get to the root of why they want the painting. And then through there, I ask them, you know, what kind of energies you want to bring? What are some affirmations? What are some words that you want to bring into your life? And then through there, I take those words and I write it on the first layer of the canvas. And it's almost kind of like a blessing, blessing the canvas. It's setting the intention for the piece and directing where it's going to go. And so obviously the words get covered up, you know, through paint and the images. But my whole hope is that they can feel those energies kind of through the painting and know that that painting was created just for that purpose. And so it's not just something pretty to look at. It's actually something that's going to help them heal in that sense. It's amazing that you're doing it, first of all, but I also think it's a really good lesson for other artists out there who might be working with similar themes and concepts like how you can do something beyond like just I'll make a commission for you or like I'll like, you know, paint your portrait. I mean, which nothing wrong with that at all. I have some amazing portrait artists out there and I collect some of them. But uh, having like being able to weave something maybe a little bit deeper and, and in many ways helpful to people into your practice and into you, especially into your whether you want to call it commission or custom art or whatever it is personalized art, I, I think that's a really neat approach for the other artists out there listening too. maybe not to exactly copy what you're doing, but to keep this in mind as a maybe a prototype for something for them. Yeah, you know, the intention is everything, right? So like, what's your intention of creating? And so that's kind of, yeah, that's the whole point of it, I guess. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So I want to talk about something that we bring up a lot with our guests here. And it's a big question artists have, and it's about social media. How have you use social media to attract new clients, but more importantly, to build your community? Yeah, so I've always been on social media a little bit. But what really kind of pushed it was COVID. Because I was working, you know, in person a lot. And when COVID hit, I had to let go of all those jobs. And I was like, how am I going to see clients now? Right? It kind of forced me just to push my social media more and start a YouTube channel and start posting more on my Instagram. And then through there, I was able to connect with people from all over the world, which is amazing. And it just really kind of opened up my eyes to like what is possible. It kind of opened up the door to greater opportunities of growth. And it shifted everything of what I thought was possible because the reach was so much larger. And it really also gave me clarity on who I really wanted to work with. Because I felt like, you know, when I was working in person and stuff, it, it kind of closed me in and boxed me in a little bit. So going online and being exposed to people from all over the world opened up my eyes and gave me clarity on on my ideal client. And from there, that's when the community started to build. Awesome. I mean, I, I totally get that. I think sometimes, you know, we get trapped. I don't know if that's the right word, but and, and, and honestly, like I think many of us right now, we want to get out and we want to network and meet people again and everything. But sometimes you, you know, we would all get into this cycle, at least I can speak for myself, of where you're just you know, you're just following up thing after thing after thing in person with people and being able to remove yourself a little bit and think about it more strategically and use things like social media to really isolate like, okay, who is my audience? Like, who am I speaking to? And then kind of refine the way that you speak to them. I think it helps not only in the digital sphere and with social media, but also with how you present yourself in person, whether it's at an art fair or in networking or whatever it may be. So I totally understand that. I think that is one of those 
sought after silver linings of the past year and a half is just being able to really refine the way that you network and use media and social media. So definitely. And it just definitely gave me a lot more confidence too into the work that I was doing because I was getting a lot more practice, right? By by posting more and posting videos, it just it just made me a lot more confident as an art therapist and artist for sure. That's incredible. So can I ask you what is the primary social media platform that you use? I use Instagram and YouTube and I don't even have a lot of followers, you know, but it it doesn't really, it taught me that it doesn't really matter about the number of followers. It's just really about building the right community. It's not the number of followers. It's about building the right community. I couldn't agree more. And I think a lot of people who are overwhelmed by the possibilities of digital marketing or social media or emails, they see what others have or what they're doing. They're like, oh my gosh, like, how can I get up to like, I mean, I'll, I'll have people on the podcast who have 400 Instagram followers, and I have one today that's 460,000 followers. It really isn't the number. It's, it is, I don't want to say like the quality, but the, like you said, like the right audience that is for your work or your practice. And so I don't know if I'm par- paraphrasing a little bit there, but I completely agree with that. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, and I know, yeah, as you said, people can look at other artists that they admire and be like, Oh, my God, they have so many followers, I shouldn't even start this, right. But I yeah, just don't be discouraged, but don't be discouraged by the numbers. Yeah, it's it's like analysis paralysis, we look at it, and we're like, Oh, my gosh, there's just like how like, I'm so far behind. (laughs) Exactly. You're never behind. Exactly. You're never behind. Thank you. Cool. All right, we're gonna come right back. And Erica is going to tell you more of what you want to know about building community self care and so much more. But first, a message from our sponsors. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. And we are back. And so Erica, as a believer in community over competition, how have you used support groups to further your career? So I've been in um, two support groups um, throughout my years as an artist and art therapist, one for artists and one for art therapists. And just knowing that I'm not alone in this has been really, really helpful, you know, to have people to confide in, to share resources and to celebrate wins with other people have been so beneficial for me. And I think that really takes away the whole competition. Like there is no competition. <laughs> After joining these groups, I realized there really is no competition. There is space and room for everyone in this world to be who they want to be, to create whatever they want to create, you know? And yeah, and I think on social media and stuff, we can look at other artists and be like, wow, like I could, I could never do that. They're doing it. They're taking away my clients. But After, you know, being in these support groups and meeting all these other art therapists and artists that are doing the same thing as me, 
knowing that we're supporting each other has been so helpful. It just really helped me open up my eyes and also like, don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, I think that's a big one that, that we have to understand. We shouldn't be afraid to ask for help at all. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And like, you know, as you're talking two or three things kind of pop in my head. So starting with the end, right? Like, don't be afraid to ask for help. There's so many times when I have been in a situation where I'm like, I just like feel like it's a complete dead end. And I'm like, who's going to know the answer to this? My partner and I were getting a mortgage on our house and it took us five, six months. And at the end of five, six months, we'd already like delayed the the sale two or three times. And the mortgage broker's like, listen, I don't think this is going to go through. We're like, okay, we're self-employed. You know, everyone knows us. And so we're like, what are we going to do? We're like, almost just gave up and turned around. And then I asked a friend who's a financial advisor and she's like, just go on Facebook and ask your Facebook friends. I was like, really? So I did. We closed the sale in less than 10 days. I mean, wow, that's amazing. Two recommendations for a new broker. The broker turned out great. She got our situation. So what felt like a complete dead end, like got solved in less than two hours. Like that's how long it took to solve it. So, you know, no matter how big your problem is or your concern, like ask for help and whether it's in, you know, an organized support group or whether it's just your network, whether it's a mentor, an elder, whatever it may be, just reaching out to people and asking the right questions can get you so far through some really difficult problems. And then another thing I kind of thought about when you're mentioning competition is one of my favorite words uh, from business school that I did a project on like a million years ago is coopetition, which is the idea that you know, we can grow the pie rather than fighting for the slices of it. You would be surprised how many big companies actually use coopetition, like car companies do it. Many, many companies have chosen to do that because you can share resources, you can share best practices and really grow the pie, again, versus fighting for the tiny slice of it. Right, right. I love that. That's a, that's a really great analogy. I love it. And, and the, the last thing I just wanted to kind of underscore from what you said, Erica, is, you know, this idea that like, you know, and I think artists get this a lot because of Instagram and this kind of, you know, constant influx of like information that we get through email, Instagram, galleries, shows, whatever it may be. And they start thinking like, oh, I can't, you know, paint this style because other people are doing it and it's monopolized. I mean, that couldn't be further from the truth. Like, you know, think about like styles of art that came out 60 years ago. And then think about how many households in, let's just say America alone, actually own artwork in that style. It's probably like 1%, 2%. We're talking about like like the top styles, minimal, abstract, whatever it may be. So there's always a wider market and you're not really fighting with another artist for sales. I mean, really not never the case, whether you're literally in one of our fairs where you're going to see four or 5,000 people in a weekend, whether you're on Instagram where you could be exposed to thousands or millions, whatever it may be, you're not really fighting with other artists. You're just like, again, growing the pie. So it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Like no one has your hand, you know, (laughs) no one is creating like the way that you're creating. Maybe it may look like some other artists, but it's not theirs. It's yours. Like no one else is you. Yeah, exactly. And that's the cool thing about original art or any art is just that it is completely unique to the artist. Even if the theme might be somewhat familiar, it is completely unique to you. And that's what I think artists really need to focus on is just making art that's authentic and unique to you. Not necessarily like it can't be a landscape or it can't be a portrait or whatever. Like it is you. 
and just lean into that. Yeah, exactly. And I found that just not following as much as many artists has helped me do that because I found that when I was like, it's, I mean, obviously it's important to be inspired by other artists, but when I was, when my whole Instagram feed was saturated with other artists, it kind of like messed with my, you know, authenticity a bit. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Absolutely. Kind of the side note, but you know, sometimes we treat social media as like, it's called a feed, right? Like we treat it as IV, like we have to have it on all the time, but you can choose to kind of turn, like you, you said, you started to unfollow artists. You could also choose to follow them again and then see their work again. You can exercise that choice. And if you start to feel overwhelmed, maybe reduce the inputs a little bit. And then, you know, when you need a little inspiration, let the inputs back in. It's totally your choice. It's not, you know, pressing down on you. I want to move over to YouTube, which is something I don't have familiarity with besides watching SNL videos. <laughs> I watch those too. <laughs> I love them. Um, and it always recommends them every time I log in. So your YouTube channel has many helpful videos for people who are looking to benefit from art therapy. Could you give us like your top three tips for someone practicing art therapy so that they can reap the benefits of self-care? Mm-hmm. I'd say the number one is to practice non-judgment. And that's, you know, that's true in life, but also in art therapy and the creative process. Um, yeah, because art therapy is very different than an art class. So the focus isn't on building your technical skill or or the final product. It's really about the process and how you feel. And I know that when people are making art, our inner critic can be really, really, really loud. And just know that when you're doing therapeutic art, this is your opportunity to practice the non-judgment. So take the pressure off. And, you know, get to know your inner critic, see, see who that person is, and don't let the inner critic voice stop you from creating what you really want to create. I think that's really, really important. A therapeutic art exercise that I have a lot of my clients do is to draw your inner critic. So, you know, like identify who this person is, you know, what do they look like? What are they wearing? How do they dress? What are the things that they say to you? And then draw this inner critic out, write down what they say to you, and then um, befriend it and kind of reframe like why they're saying these things that they're saying and just really like see them in the face you know don't don't ignore it because the inner critic is never going to leave us it's always going to be there as much as we practice that um, so it's just a matter of it not letting it control whether you should create or not practice non-judgment because it's about the process and how you feel and i love that idea of getting to know your inner inner critic and don't let them stop you from creating. I really, really love the idea of drawing your inner critic, reframing them and thinking about who they are so that you get to know them and can confront them, right? Yeah. And it's really interesting. Like, you know, seeing my clients draw out their inner critics, sometimes it's like monsters. And then sometimes it's actually like people from like their world. So like maybe someone's dad or someone's old art teacher or whatever it is, you know, it's all all these people from our past that said one thing to us that has morphed into our inner critic voice. I, I think personifying this challenge that we all give to ourselves and getting over it. And it's not necessarily like, I mean, I'm maybe inferring a little bit, but it's not like crushing it, destroying it. It's just getting to know it and realizing that it's not really so scary and doesn't, you have to control what you do. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So Erica, this has been an amazing chat. Let's bring it home for our listeners out there. What call to action do you want to share with our listeners so that they can take advantage of your art therapy services? 
I would say, you know, go on my YouTube channel and try out these therapeutic art activities I have on there and see if you actually really enjoy it. And if you do, then reach out to me for one on one session. There's a lot of different um, activities on there, you know, as I said, one for your inner critic, one for anxiety, one for self-esteem. So just choose whatever video calls to you. I love it. Choose the video that calls for you. To all of you business artists out there, Erica has been here with us today sharing her amazing perspective on art therapy, social media, and more. You're definitely going to want to go back, listen to this episode, and take your own notes. You can listen to this and all of our past podcasts on our website at www.superfine.world. To connect with Erica, and you should, you can follow her at ericapang.art on Instagram, and you can visit www.ericapang.com. And like Erica said, also, you can go on YouTube and find her videos under Erica Pang Art. As always, remember that we are Super Fine Art Fair on Instagram. We always appreciate a share whenever you're listening to, benefiting, and enjoying the artist business plan. And I know a lot of you listen in your studios and at home, so feel free to take a little video, add it to your story, just make sure you tag us. And once again, we would really appreciate it if you could take just a moment of your time and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's our number one listening platform. We also have people listening on Spotify and many other platforms, but Apple Podcasts is our number one. And when you leave those ratings and reviews, it really helps other artists find us, and we appreciate it too. As always, I would like to wrap up the class by sharing a quick and hopefully relevant quote with you all. And today that quote is, he who has health has hope, and he who has hope has everything. And that's an Arabian proverb. Erica, it has been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective with our listeners. And for that, we are so grateful to you. Thank you. You're very welcome. And everyone else, have an awesome rest of your day. Remember to stay on top of your artist business plan, get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this in all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so just follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Just shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world.